Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about some of the most common asked questions that I get as a psychic medium. So some of these questions might surprise you, and definitely I think that some of the answers will also surprise you. So before we get started, definitely make sure that you are following me or subscribing to me on whatever podcast app that you use. A lot of times you can just like you know, swipe to the left or swipe down and that kind of thing because I actually have a lot of really cool stuff that's in store and I don't want you missing any of it. And also, just in case you have not heard, I am actually doing a mediumship gallery reading this Friday with the Food Healing Oracle deck gals, Joanna and Eleni. So this is going to be an event like I haven't really done before because we are going to truly make it a spiritual night where we're going to go through a little meditation to raise your vibration. And as a group setting, it's really going to help me with everyone being on the same wavelength, everyone doing this meditation or everyone coming together. It's really going to help me raise my vibration so I can better connect with your loved ones. And everyone that night on Friday night is going to be getting a reading and a message from a loved one that has transitioned on the other side. And you know what? You may never know who's going to show up for you. So maybe you're going to think it's your mom or your grandma, or you might be that one that's like, hey, I don't have anyone on the other side. You will be surprised who can come through for you. The link to sign up will be in the show notes, and you can always go to my Facebook page, Heather Danielle Psychic Medium, and you will see it under the events section. So we only have a couple of spots available, and I'm kind of biased, so I hope that I see you there because it would be a lot of fun seeing some familiar faces. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, so... The questions that I have actually tallied up to 16 common questions that I get. And it's really funny because that's just how many questions that there were. (laughs) And if you know me, my favorite number is 316. So it's kind of funny that there are 16 questions. So this was definitely meant to be. Let's dive into the first question. Can you talk to your dead loved ones? Okay, like me specifically. So I can talk and I can communicate with other people's past loved ones, but can I talk to my own? And this question was actually given during a recent live event that I was doing, and I don't feel like I explained it correctly. The truth is, is that yes, I can talk to my own past loved ones, just as I can connect with other people's past loved ones. The only problem is that I'm going through my own vessel, my own body, and because I know them, I might be able to distort what they are telling me. Does that make sense? Because it's going through my own brain, my own filter, my own body. So I could go ahead and mess up and over-translate or mistranslate some of the things that they are saying. And at the same time, I had answered this question and saying, yes, I always feel them around me. But the thing is, is that they always don't want to help out, right? Because thinking about it like this, your past loved ones are here to help you, guide you and all that jazz, but they only want to intervene and step in when you need them. So think of yourself as a toddler who's trying to make their way in a crazy world and things like that. It's like, 
you want to have that mother and father there to help you out. But at the same time, you want to be able to be that toddler and have fun and make mistakes. And, you know, maybe you're going to fall off the slide. But the thing is, then you'll know not to, you know, go down the slide that way again. So that's the thing is that a lot of times what happens is that once you get your spiritual foundation laid and you got your footing good, then you'll notice that spirit doesn't come around as much because they know that you don't need the help. And they also know too that you'll ask for that help when you need it. All right. So that is the first question in a nutshell. It kind of goes with the second question, which is, what is it like to talk to the other side? not like you think. All right. So if you're anything like me, I always felt that being psychic and being a medium, it was like so incredibly crazy and it was so amazing. And all of a sudden you're hearing the past someone's voice inside of your head or you're seeing them. Wow. Right. How miraculous is this? It doesn't really feel that way, especially not to me. So just to let you know, if a medium can see a past loved one, and maybe they can actually see that person in the physical, a lot of times they're not able to hear them. And same thing, if you're able to hear the past loved one, you might not be able to see them. And that comes for a different variety of reasons. So it could be that actually it takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy from the spirit to manifest themselves into the physical world because we are on a much denser plane. And because they're using so much of that energy, they don't have enough, if you will, to also verbally communicate. It could also be with the medium or the psychic themselves, right? They don't have enough of a vibration or enough space, if you will, to hold both of those at the same time. So you often hear people talk about, you know, holding space. So that could be like an energetic frequency and that kind of thing. And so they're not able to do both. So what is it like to talk to the other side? (laughs) This is really funny. It is like talking to yourself for the most part. It is like telepathically communicating with an imaginary friend that you are making up. (laughs) And it's so funny because when I first started, I was like, oh, so they talk to you through thoughts and they talk to you through impressions and visions and that kind of thing. And then you have to trust what you are getting. That is kind of funny. It's like talking like talking to your thoughts. But the thing is, is that your thoughts are resonating with the person and have to do with their loved one on the other side. So all of a sudden, I set the intention to connect and I start thinking about golfing, right? Now, all of a sudden, I say, hey, does your past loved one, do they like golfing or are they associated with it? Oh my gosh, yes, you know, golfing, that's something they always love to do. And so that's when you know, okay, I'm connecting to something else. And even though it may not be like crazy obvious, it's something else, it totally is. And it is not me because everything that I'm thinking of, Everything that is coming through um, is about the past loved one and I'm not making it up. And so you have to keep on trusting in the process and trusting that you are not making it up and is actually coming from a past loved one. Now, when you get more experience or you get a really strong connection with the spirit, you'll know that you're not one, you're 1000% not making it up. You will be able to feel the spirit. You'll be able to hear them. Sometimes they'll come really through very, very obvious. Okay. And sometimes the spirit will be so good at connecting with you that it will actually come through like a channeling session where 
the spirit can actually talk through you, not possess you. Okay. Nothing like that, but they can actually talk through you. And that's happened to me a lot of times as well. And it, it can be truly amazing. All right. Number three, when did you know you had gifts? Well, many people already know I didn't open up to my gifts until I believe I was 32 years old is when I found out that I had gifts. So it's kind of funny because a lot of you um, knew me around this time and probably didn't know that I was just now waking up even though I try to say things like my grandma did pass away in 2010 and 2011 and that actually blaze the trail to my spiritual path where I opened up to my gifts but I actually didn't know I had gifts until I moved to Virginia and I became part of a psychic and mediumship development circle and that is when I spent a lot a lot a lot of time um, trying to connect and not knowing how and that kind of thing but once I got started I realized that's how they connected I just started you know um giving readings and having so much fun with it. And it was a really, really great time. All right. Number four, how do I tell my intuition versus my ego? This is such a common question. So your intuition is something that is innate to you. So no matter whether or not you want to connect through psychic skills or through mediumship, you will always have your intuition. This is your gut instinct. A lot of times you're going to feel in your belly or in your chest, you're going to know that something isn't right. A lot of us do feel it. However, you can go ahead and have your intuition talking to you in other areas of your body. Your ego. A lot of people say ego is edging God out. I don't believe that. I believe that your ego is someone, not someone, it's actually kind of is like another person in your brain, right? But it's trying to protect you. That's what its job is. Your job of your ego is to make sure that you are safe so this can make you scared of doing things it will keep on talking to you to keep you safe so that is how the ego sounds it's going to sound like crazy it's going to bring up things from the past it is going to show you why you should or should not do something because of safety reasons it's going to give excuses it's going to keep on talking it's not going to stop it's going to feel for most people really really loud for your intuition, a lot of us have suppressed our intuition, okay? And that's usually going to sound a little bit more softer. Your intuition doesn't make excuses. It doesn't try to rationalize things. It doesn't give examples. A lot of times it's going to feel like an inner knowing, an inner feeling, if you will. And that is the main way to tell the difference. Now, how do you make it a little bit more obvious? You're going to make it more obvious by recognizing it within yourself. So spend a whole entire day trying to determine if it's an ego talking or if it's going to be your intuition talking. And then remember, the more that you listen to your intuition, the stronger it's going to get. It was suppressed and pushed down for a reason. Maybe when you were growing up, you were told that you weren't right, that someone else knew better, right? Other people making you feel like you couldn't believe in yourself, you couldn't stand up for yourself and all that jazz. And so your intuition, that inner feeling got pushed down. But now it's time, right? Right now it's time to start listening to it. And the biggest way that I noticed that my intuition grew, if you will, and got stronger, was through mindfulness, 
throughout the day and paying attention to the thoughts. Yes, meditating works. I would 100% recommend that. If you're anything like me, meditating is very difficult. So that's the reason why that mindfulness is really going to help you. So it means staying in the moment. And I probably talked about this a thousand times, but driving is a really great way to stay in the moment. Just keep on going back and concentrating on driving, concentrating on driving. Anytime that you start going on autopilot and you start thinking about things, bring yourself back to the road. Okay, so that is my tip there. Number five, how can I hear spirit? Hearing is going to be clairaudient, all right? So that's Claire's. So that is going to be one of the abilities that you have. And the best way to hear spirit, if you actually literally want to hear them, is to spend a whole entire day paying attention to sound, paying attention to every little noise, every little noise. Think about this. Your brain is hardwired to not overwhelm you with everything it brings in so it filters it out now a part of you and i'm not sure exactly what part but a part of you remembers every single little thing every little detail you've ever saw spoke felt that kind of stuff right so knowing that you know that you are pushing out things that you are hearing searing feeling and it's being filtered now you want to hardwire your brain again and be like hey If you hear this, if you hear sounds, I want them brought through to me. I don't want it filtered out. So you're going to spend the whole day until you are hearing air. All right. That's how my mentor put it. She was like, and I, she spent the whole entire day until she heard air and you can do this with every single one of your senses. So you can spend the whole entire day hearing, then spend a whole entire day seeing a whole entire day feeling, feeling all the feels, and you're going to concentrate on that. And that is going to help you develop that sixth sense of that sense. Okay. So number six, what is my favorite reading? (laughs) Okay. This is so hard to answer because I've had so many, right? So many favorite readings, so many readings where I just totally connected with the person, totally connected with the spiritual realm. And so it's so hard for me to decide. And then also I have like psychic amnesia. So after a reading, I don't really remember a lot of it. I might remember it for the first few minutes. And that's why I always run downstairs. And I try to tell my husband, like some of the really cool evidence I got bought through, if I can even remember it, because sometimes by the time I get downstairs, it's already leaving me. And I think that's because in my readings, I channel a lot. So that means that I am connecting to the higher source. And I'm just allowing the information to come through. I am being the unbiased vessel. And then bam, as soon as I cut off that cord, that source, I don't have those feelings anymore. However, I do remember this one. And it was when I was like so nervous and I was scared because there was going to be a third person in the reading and it was going to be her psychologist or her therapist, right? And so the therapist was in the back taking notes and then the woman was um like kind of more in front of the camera if you will it was a distant reading and i was i was nervous because i'm like someone else is there and someone else is there it's a her therapist who knows her more than me now the therapist doing this was very very open spiritually and that kind of thing and honestly 
I think it's an amazing combo having a therapist and your psychic working together because then I was able to just really pull out some of those seeds that maybe she hadn't told her therapist before or it gave her therapist like a different perspective and that kind of thing. So I think that is like bang on. So if you have a therapist, a psychiatrist that you're working with and or a, a psychic, having them two together can just, man, I feel like this cut off like 10 years of therapy on this woman having us both there together or therapist in the back taking notes because then I was able to get through to things that normally she wasn't. However, the reason why this is one of my favorite readings was because I had brought through some psychic stuff and then I was bringing through some past loved ones and then she named like oh my gosh, she named like four or five people in the spirit world by their name. And I forgot their names. I think one of them was like Johnny and, you know, Anthony and, you know, Alan or whatever they were. And I was already over my time and I kind of had to go, but I kind of felt obligated to stay. And at the time of my life, this was when I really didn't have, you know, the confidence to say, okay, I have to go and that kind of thing. And so her asking me right at the end about these four or five people just gave me a lot of anxiety because it's like, man, now I have to connect to four or five people all within a matter of like minutes, you know what I mean? And I have to give her enough evidence to be able to be like, okay, this is this person, this is this person, this is this person. And so I hurried up and I connected and it was so funny. It was so bang on. It was like, okay, was, you know, I forgot what it was, but it was like, was Alan the one that was really, really short and Johnny was the younger one and then Michael was this or whatever. And I went ahead and I said one or two pieces per each name that I got and she was like yes that's all true that's all true and then I was able to give a mini message from all of them in spirit and then still get off the call in time in order to do my next one and as I got up and I closed for the day I remember standing up and then just imagining my spiritual team around me and just giving them high fives like oh my god we did it we did it we did it we did it I was so so incredibly excited that I was able to do that and they were able to bring forth just such clear information in a short amount of time and very specific information to where she would be able to be like yep that's right yep that's right yep that's right so I'll always remember that because even though it might seem to outsiders that that was all me right like oh my gosh Heather you were able to connect and you were able to get this evidence I don't really see it that way yes it's me but it's also like The other past loved ones and spirit guides, like there is like a whole process that's involved in it that does not include me. Like they had to, you know, bring their, you know, energy down to connect with me. The loved ones had to step in. They had to try and communicate this information to me. And sometimes I might be difficult to communicate with. So I thought that was like just so amazing how they were able to get it through to me, get through this information to me. Sometimes it really does seem like I'm playing spiritual charades. Like there is past loans over there, like trying to tell me things and I can't like understand them. And so it's like they're trying to get it through to me somehow. And so that's the reason why that if you do like code words or be like, oh, if they say this, then I know it's my past loved one. Your past loved one may be screaming to me your code word, maybe trying to tell me this one thing that's really, really going to let you know 1000% it's them in the spirit life. But the reason why that, that may not happen is because I may be totally oblivious to it. I may not be hearing it or feeling it. They're going to be trying different ways to get through to me. So a great example is, I think I shared it before, but it was about 
the woman who actually went to John Edward. So John Edward is a famous psychic medium. He's truly amazing. And her dad was playing golf every time that he's seen her dad in the spirit world, he was playing golf. And she didn't understand this because her dad wasn't a golfer. And anyways, near the end of that reading, she was like, man, I know this is my dad 100%, but we have a number. And he didn't say the number. And so that's making me think like, dang, you know, it's not him. Or why isn't he saying our number? And so finally, it was determined that John was like, hey, four. Isn't that what they yell, you know, when they're doing, you know, golfing, they yell four. And she was like, yes. And that was the number. Isn't that kind of creative? Isn't that kind of crazy? That's how her father was bringing forth that information was through golf. Because when you golf, you say four, because how else is he going to bring up four? You know, he's like over there, like trying to play charades. Okay. They can't hear me. So what else can I do to get this number across? So that is what your past loved one is doing on the other side. And it's actually kind of funny. Okay, this is like a deep one. This is not really a psychic or mediumship one, but maybe like a spiritual question. It's the number seven. And that is why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, goodness. I know. I know, man. I used to be the exact same way asking these kinds of questions and that kind of stuff. And I remember parts of my life to where I was going through such hardship. And this is talking about when I was a teenager. And I was like, man, something bad is always happening to me. And then... I had really incredible opportunities and then I'd be like, oh, okay. So for every bad thing that happened to me, a good thing would happen. Well, I stopped keeping track because the bad things kept on happening more and more and more and the good things weren't happening anymore. So I actually stopped tallying it up because it was getting overwhelming for me even at 13 years old, right? So why do bad things happen to good people? A couple of different reasons. The first reason is, is that it's in a soul contract, right? So we all sign soul contracts before we come here about certain things that we will be going through and challenges, that kind of thing. Two, you also have to remember that your life is like a movie and certain people are coming in your life as a bad guy in the villain to help you with that transformation, to help you overcome, to help you, you know, do what you were sent here to do. And a great example of that is a movie where it's boring. Nothing ever happens to the main character. She doesn't learn. She doesn't grow because she doesn't go. She never goes through anything bad. And now she's like, oh, she's the same. That would be the most boringest movie ever. Some of the best movies is when that main star is in like the pits and then grows, right? And then flies. That's the reason why that I am bringing back the phoenix, all right, and that is the reason why that my Facebook group is called Rise Into Your Power because so many of us, if you are listening to this, probably hit a rock bottom or you have always been at rock bottom or you chose a family that was so messed up when you came here and now you're trying to rise from the ashes and become this beautiful phoenix. So when you say, why do bad things happen? It could be for several different reasons. It could be part of your soul contract is because maybe, and I, I don't say this one a lot, but maybe it's because you ha can help other people overcome it. Or maybe it's because it is you trying to grow into a person that you were meant to be. I know for a lot of things that I went through too, it helped me become more independent. It helped me become stronger. And yeah, it went ahead and gave me, you know, trust issues with other people. But the thing is, is that if I look at the good things, a lot of good things did come out. And one other thing that I want to talk about is look at people as souls. 
right? Don't look at people as, you know, oh, little old Heather or little old Timmy and things like that, right? You have to look at them as souls because that's what they are. And so many of these souls, and probably including you if you're listening to this, are hundreds of lifetimes in here on earth. You, If you have had a rough life, if you have had so many traumas and challenges to overcome, the thing is, it's because you have been sent here on this earth hundreds of times probably, okay? Because it, kind of think of it as you're more of an advanced student. The one who has everything going, you know, easy peasy and everything is good to go and that kind of thing. That could actually be someone who is more newer to the earthly realm and they chose kind of like an easier route. Think of it as a video game or any kind of board game. If it's your first time playing, you're probably not going to take the advanced route. You're probably going to take more of the one that's, you know, um, easier. But if you take the advanced route, you are going to grow and you are going to grow the people that are affecting you, both bad and good. The bad guys have been in your life, the good guys have been in your life, that kind of thing. So you are also helping them grow at the same time. It's very, very crazy, but definitely look at them as souls, right? I always look at specifically children who are born with um, deformities and things like that, or even people in general that are born that way. And I'm just like, man, man, they are advanced because not only did they choose to come to earth and incarnate in this moment in time, but they were like, you know what? I don't need my arm. Oh, you know what? I don't need my legs. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go in blind this time. I could not even imagine. I don't know if I ever had any of those lives to where I didn't have all my basic necessities I feel like I need. Like I can't even imagine going through this life with that kind of handicap so those are definitely people who are like more advanced who have signed up for you know what i mean like i swear like an advanced diploma if you will and so hopefully that makes sense okay number eight getting a little bit deep here and then we go into some more of the um psychic mediumship stuff but it says number eight why do i always feel like no one understands me oh my gosh i'm right there with you right there with you and that is because think about it this way you were born as the light to go in your family, right? So here's your family and you were the light inside of this craziness, right? Because you are to shine light on the darkness that's inside of your family. Believe me, I was a little girl. I swear to gosh, I was only five, six years old. And I would be, you know, crying all the time inside of my grandma's bedroom, you know, by myself wondering why in the world that I was incarnated into the family that I was incarnated in. Like I, they weren't like me. They didn't understand me. They didn't know me. They were full of drama and craziness. And I was very sensitive, always getting called a crybaby, never felt like I was at home at all. But the thing is, is that you incarnated into this family for a reason. And a majority of time, it's going to be because you are the light. Maybe you're one to stop the karmic cycles or the things that they keep on repeating in all of their lives. And you don't have to try and change them. You don't have to try and go ahead and get them on your side. Don't do any of that. All you have to do is just be true to yourself and keep on going down your own path. And then once you are comfortable, shining your light and not giving a care what anyone else thinks, right? That is the big thing. And also, you also might be like a star seed. 
So if you ever hear of that, those are people that have incarnated a lot on other planes, other realms, other planets, and earth isn't really your home. You were sent here to help the earth, raise a vibration, you know, spread some more love and light and that kind of stuff, because we need all the help we can get if you haven't noticed it. So that might be another reason. Now, what you have to do is just find your tribe. Find like-minded people because they're going to help you. They're going to lift you up. And believe me, no one else is going to understand you more than your spiritual peeps. And no one else is going to be there for you like they will be because they are truly all loving, non-judgmental people because they understand what you're going through. Even if they haven't been through it specifically, they have been through something very similar and they all have big giant hearts. At least I know the people that listen to me do. So if you have any questions, if you have anything you want to get off your chest, you can so write in the Rise Into Your Power group and then I'll try to get back to you. But if not, I know someone will definitely pounce on and be like, hey, I can help you out. I've been through that same exact thing. So that is that. All right. So number nine, what is my spirit guide's name? This was like the number one question that I had during my spiritual awakening is like, what's my spirit guide's name? Oh my gosh. So you can reach out to me at heatherdaniellemedium at gmail.com. And the email address will also be in the show notes, but I can send you um, some tips and things like that to get your spirit guide's name. But just know this, your spirit guide does not care what you call him or her does not care whatsoever, right? Just as long as you establish that relationship. And the second thing is, is that you and your spirit guide, your master spirit guide, have been through many, many lifetimes with one another. Your spirit guide has many, many names, just like you have more names than what you are right now. I'm Heather in this lifetime, but I could have been a Rebecca, Elizabeth, a Tommy, it doesn't matter. So your spirit guide is probably over there like, oh my gosh, just call me whatever. Call me, call me Mr. Spirit Guide. You know, it doesn't really matter what you call him, but you can go ahead and, you know, reach out to me and I will give you some of these ways that you can actually get whatever name that your spirit guide says, okay, you know what? Um, this one will be good. All right. Number 10, how is my spirit guide talking to me? Same, same way as, you know, spirits talking to you, period. I say the word spirit. And when I say spirit, I just mean, you know, the one consciousness that includes angel spirit guides and past loved ones, but your spirit guide could be talking to you through thoughts, through impressions, through gut instincts, through psychic connection. And one of the easiest ways to connect with your spirit guide is going to be through a divination tool. So this could be oracle cards, tarot cards, pendulum, runes, right? Anything like that, because that's external, that's outside of yourself, and it's going to help you trust what you get a little bit more. So for example, if I'm wondering if this relationship is one that I should be in or not, I can go ahead and tune in and see what I get in my body or see if any thoughts come. But the thing is, I'm using my vessel. My vessel is a little biased, right? Because I might be like, no, I still love him or no, I hate him. I never want to see him again, right? But if I choose a card from a deck and it says, yes, 1000% yes, this is a person that you need to still stay in touch with for your highest good. And so that's how, you know, divination tools work. It lets you see something external outside of yourself that is validating maybe even what you know at your core. So that is the number one way I feel to talk to your spirit guide, but your spirit guide could be talking to you through impressions, through angel numbers, talking to you through automatic writing is another good one. So going ahead and asking, say, Hey, are you my spirit guide? If so, send me a sign. All right. Number 11, 
what is a spirit guide? This could have been better, you know, a couple questions back. But so you have different spirit guides in a nutshell. The one that I'm talking about right now is your master spirit guide. Your master spirit guide is someone who has been with you since before you were born. They helped you develop to create your soul blueprint for this life. So they are a person that usually you have spent many lifetimes with. This is not someone that is in this life. And it is someone who is going to stay with you until after you pass. And then you do kind of like an AAR, right? After action review, um, life review, if you will. And then you're going to see, hey, what did you do good? What are, you know, some things that you could have done better? So that is a spirit guide, but as a master guide, you might have other spirit guides as well helping you out. But your master guide will always be with you 100% before you are born until after you pass away. All right, can a past loved one be my spirit guide? No, not not in the traditional sense, not a master spirit guide, but they can be another guide. So they can be another spirit guide that is, you know, going to help you with whatever. So a lot of times I have grandmothers and spirit that come through that were very traditional and that stayed, you know, in the house and they cooked almost like a traditional grandmother, right? And a lot of times I sense that they are actually with the person trying to be their spirit guide, you know, one of the ones that's, you know, coming in and out of your life because, you know, they want them to live differently than they lived. They want them to take advantage of opportunities now that they have that this grandmother in spirit couldn't do when she was alive because like times and society really didn't allow women to do some of those things that we're allowed to do now. So yes, you um you can have a spirit guide, be a past loved one, but it's not going to be your master spirit guide. It is going to be one of the other ones that are trying to help guide you. And a lot of time they're going to be guiding you in specific areas of your life. Oh, right. Number 13. Can my past loved one be my angel? I love this. Oh my gosh. Like my mom is my angel. Oh, I totally love that. Not really, but yes, it's it's, it's a very um, funny thing. Angels specifically, if I was going to talk about angels, angels are never reincarnated here on earth. And I know many people who have um, channeled angels and the angels were like, oh yeah, there's no way I'd be reincarnated into earth. Like they don't understand how or why we do what we do because they would never put themselves in that predicament, if you will. And so no, your past loved one, it really won't ever be like your angel in traditional sense. However, you can still say, hey, my mom's my angel and things like that, because a lot of people don't really know the difference between past loved ones, spirit guides and angels. So you can still say that. But if you really want to know the truth, no, they're not technically an angel. You also have like guardian angels and things like that. But they're not an angel. An angel is, um, yeah, one that has not incarnated here on earth, among other things. But that's in a nutshell. Number 14, how do I know what angel to talk to? So if you're getting into angel communication and you might see like, oh, Archangel Michael is really, really good for strength and cutting cords and Archangel Raphael is really good for healing and Archangel Gabriel is really good for communication, you know, like, okay, but what if I call upon the wrong one for a situation that I have? Don't even worry about that. There is no hierarchy on the other side. You know how we are all like, okay, and this is this boss and stuff like that. I don't want to bother Archangel Michael. Is there a lower angel that I could talk to? You know, it's not like that. In the movie, not the movie, because I didn't watch the movie, but let me know if the movie does do it justice. But in the book, The Shack, it tries to show you that. It tries to show you that there is no hierarchy on the other side. That's a human-made concept, you know what I mean, where we have these levels of management, if you will. They don't have them on the other side. 
And so you can go ahead and talk to what angel that you want to. And if they're not, let's say, quote, the correct angel to talk to, they will go ahead and transfer your request. You don't have to worry about that, okay? Just as long as you are putting that request out, okay? Because you have to put that request out because you have free will and they cannot intervene without your permission. All right, number 15. How do I know if I'm on the right path? This is also a very good question. Now, I'm going to let you know how I know I'm on the right path. And there's no, I love the right path quotes. You know what I mean? There is no right path. You know, we have this ability to create whatever reality that we really want. Now, we might have some soul contracts that people were supposed to meet in our life. But however they come into our life, is kind of up in the air. So you might be with someone that is, you know, on the other side, there's like, hey, I'm going to help you learn self-love. And they might come into your life as a mate, as a spouse. Oh, they might come in as a teacher who is always there for you. Or maybe they'll be like, hey, I'm going to be your brother. So they'll come into your life and be in your life however comes up, okay? So I know that I'm in the right path when things are flowing easily, right? So there's not a lot of drama, no trauma, no, you know, not a lot of challenges that I can't overcome. Things fall into place. Okay. And for me specifically, I know I'm on the right path when I do not see angel numbers, right? So when I see 1111, you know, 111, 444, for me, that's telling me that they're guiding me, that they're with me. And that gives me like a red flag. Okay, why are you letting it be known so crazily, if you will, so obviously that you are with me? It's for a reason. It's because they're trying to prepare me for something that's coming up. They're trying to prepare me for something that is currently happening, that they are supporting me in some way. And that gets me thinking, of, okay, what is going on? So that's actually happening to me currently. I am seeing tons and tons of relevant numbers and that kind of thing. And I really don't know what they mean right now, except for I think that something is, you know, maybe even globally going to happen. So enough on that for another day, right? We're going, I'm going ahead and being on a psychic panel where psychics all over the world are going to be chiming in about what's happening, you know, with this world. So that's how I specifically know. But however, for you, seeing 1111, and things like that is comforting to you. And you're like, okay, I just love knowing that I'm supported, that I am guided, that I am loved. And when I see these numbers, that's what I think of. Then that's perfect, okay? Go ahead and keep that up. That is your love language, if you will, with spirit. But that is how you're going to know that you're on the right path. If things are getting better, you are happy, that, you know, there's not as many trials and challenges, or if you do have these trials and challenges, they're not so crazy. They're not, no, not so harsh, if you will. And it seems like you're growing and you can see things a little bit more clearly. All right. So that's the best way that I can answer that question. And the number 16, where do I start on my spiritual path? So yeah, there's, okay, the first thing that I say is if you're opening up spiritually, like get out YouTube, you know what I mean? Get out Google, right? Go ahead and get out Facebook and then just start exploring the spiritual world because there are tons of things out there that you might be guided to. So you might be one that's really into astrology, numerology, maybe you're really into divination tools and oracle cards and tarot cards. So go ahead and take some of those like free mini classes and workshops, right? That you are seeing people do. Get your feet wet in that a little bit to see what it is that you're really drawn to maybe you're drawn to angels maybe drawn to spirit guides maybe you're drawn to ascended masters like krishna ganesh right jesus kuan yin all of them 
So go ahead and see that. And then you can start maybe taking some classes, some courses, getting some mentoring in that area. For me, I just dove headfirst into psychic and mediumship. And the very first thing I did was I attended a development circle. And a circle is where you will learn to connect psychically and through, you know, mediumship as well. And I am going to be starting circles soon. So definitely keep your um, eye on for that. But that is where you want to start. And then once you have determined what you like to do, then you're going to find people that are also into the same thing because you need a tribe so you can look on meetup.com even i have a meetup group right which is the michigan psychic and mediumship development group i know that's a long thing but you can go on meetup and find like-minded people so you guys can explore and learn together and even in my meetup group we've had people that become best friends some of my best friends i've met through my own meetup group so it's really crazy but you can also join facebook groups as well like mine is rising to your power facebook group but you can go ahead and find ones on being an empath. Go ahead and find ones on moon cycles and things like that so that you can start learning and growing and going down that path. Just because you start going down a path does not mean that is the only path that you have or you can ever do. Your path might change, okay? But right now, I'm also hearing people ask about your life purpose. And your life purpose is going to probably change. It's going to be different. And it's going to be whatever fuels your soul right now. And to be able to see what fuels your soul, you have to start somewhere and start where you are guided and led and things like that. And if there's someone in your life that is being a nick and poop, okay, and they don't like what you're doing, don't do it around them. Don't let them know you're doing it, right? My husband thought that I was in a meditation class for a couple months before I told him that, oh no, guess what? It was a psychic and mediumship group. <laughs> yes, that is a true story. So you don't have to tell everybody. And then remember, when I started my Facebook page, it was not Heather Danielle Psychic Medium. It was Heather Danielle Intuitive because I don't want people knowing that I was psychic. So I'm right there with you. If you are having any more problems with that, then I'm going to put a link in the show notes that is talks about coming out of the spiritual closet. So maybe that's what you need to hear um, right after this one. So you might want to check it out. But there we go. There are 16 common questions that I get as a psychic medium. And I hope that you got something out of this. So if you have any more questions or if you need any more clarity on these, then go ahead and jump over into the Rise Into Your Power group on Facebook and then just write a post and I will make sure that I read it, give you some clarity, all of that jazz. And if you do want the spirit guide names document, then go ahead and email me at Heather Danielle medium at gmail.com. And that will also be in the show notes. All right. I will talk to you later. Bye.